0: Hi, Shannon Waller, and welcome to Team Success. So today I want to share with you an idea that really popped out of a focus group I was having on my newest book, which I'm very excited about writing. It's kind of evolving, so I'm not going to lay out too many details because who knows, it could completely change. But one of the ideas that was really interesting for people that got highlighted is something that I was totally inspired about from reading the book Tribal Leadership by Dave Logan John King and Haley Fisher Wright. And the subtitle of the book is really interesting. It's Leveraging Natural Groups to Build a Thriving Organization. And in that book, they talk about the five different levels of tribes. And I've actually had the opportunity to interview Dave on this. Total pleasure meeting him. I'm a massive fan. And he wrote this a little while ago. And I actually have an author interview with him. So you can look that up on Team Success as well. He just laid it out brilliantly. So there are five stages of tribes. Again, I'm not going to go into all of them. But the most common stage of a tribe, and they surveyed so many different companies, and this is true in healthcare, this is true in business, it's true in education. Most of them are stage three. And there's a kind of you know a way of talking that goes along with each of these. And at stage three, it's I'm great, you're not. So this is kind of interesting. It's very individualistic. It's kind of like, I think of it as elbows out climbing up the corporate ladder and really focusing on your own strengths and other people's weaknesses is is how I perceive this particular approach to business. And that's 48% of American institutions that they studied. Now, there's a smaller subset that is stage four. And the mindset there is not I'm great, you're not. It's that we're great. And when I first read Tribal Leadership, I got so excited And I still am, as you can probably tell, because this was a way to describe what I think of as unique ability teamwork from a completely different lens, from a totally different perspective, but it described the same interaction. And the key difference between stage three and stage four, and I'll go into more detail about that in just a moment, is that in stage three, it was very much focused on what I would consider a standard hierarchical model, which is you've got I'm in charge and I work with person A. And I want to tell them what to do. Then it's called a dyad. And then I work with person B. I tell them what to do. And then I work with person C. I tell them what to do. But I don't want person A, B, and C talking to each other. No, 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 no. I want to control the conversation. I am going to control the communication. And If they don't do what I want, I go back and say, person A, this is what I was trying to get across. I saw Dave give a speech, and this was kind of <laughs> kind of how he, he mimicked the situation, which I thought was fun. So that's kind of how most things work. If you've gone through any kind of regular corporate structure, this might feel fairly familiar. You're very oriented on the person telling you what to do or what their expectations are, et cetera. There's always some one key person you report to. And you really treasure that relationship with that person. You pray that it's good because that determines your future in the organization. The relationship with the other people, hopefully good, maybe not. But it's not as big a factor, and that's my interpretation. So when you get to stage four, and there are five, by the way, but five is really hard to stay at. So again, I'll go into more detail in just a moment. But in stage three, there's something called triads. And so as I was describing this to my focus group, they were like, whoa, I need to know more about this. This is really interesting. I had outlined a very particular triad, because I'm, again, totally on fire about this idea of having, you know, entrepreneur what EOS calls a visionary. And then you need something called an innovation manager. So if the visionary is the make it up person, the innovation manager, that's what we call it, is really the make it real person, the person who puts, you know, flesh on the bone, so to speak. And then the make it recur person is the one who really systematizes it. And if there's no revenue in the idea at the beginning, you know, revenue happens when you make it real. Profit happens when you make it recur efficiently. So you kind of need all of those people. And one of the most key what we call a focus manager is a strategic assistant. So the make it recur person, one of the key things that I think is missing for a lot of entrepreneurs and their teams is both that innovation manager and that strategic assistant we call. So innovation manager and focus manager is kind of the other part of it. That's the make it real and make it recur person. And the specific one that most teams are missing is the innovation manager and the strategic assistant. So I had kind of gone down that rabbit hole, but they were like, oh, back up a second. The whole idea of triad Tell us more about that. So, I wanted to share this with you because I thought it might be useful for you too. So, in the triad, the expression, what people say is, we're great. But here's what's key. So, if I'm person A and they're B and they're C, so my relationship with person A is really important. My relationship with person B is really important. But guess what else is important to me? The relationship between B and C. So, You know, if a conflict happens, if there's a breakdown, it's actually on me too to facilitate the conversation, to make sure things get back on track, to make sure that we support one another. So every other person is supporting their relationship with the others, and it's kind of fascinating. So when I first learned about this, I was talking to my brilliant focus manager, strategic support partner, executive assistant, strategic assistant, whatever you want to call her. She's amazing. I said, you know, One of the things I want to try to do a little bit more consciously, we do it actually fairly intuitively anyway as strategic coach. I said, but I want to be a little bit more conscious when we're getting stuck on things. Let's bring in the right third person. Now, I feel like I have a massive advantage when it comes to putting in place a triad because at coach, we know so much about the other team members. They're not mysteries to us. We know their Colby profiles. We know how they strive. We know how they take action. We know how their mental energy plays out. And if you're not familiar with Colby, it's K-O-L-B-E dot com. Please go check them out. If you're business, click on the business side. They'll get you set up with a free business account and just go to town and profile everyone you know, like I do, because it's such incredibly useful information that otherwise takes years to figure out if you ever actually do. So we know that about people. We also know their Clifton strengths, right? So if you're familiar with Gallup, you've probably heard of Clifton strengths. We know again, you know, are they relationship focused? Do they have strategic thinking strengths? Are they executing strengths? Do they have executing strengths? I love partnering with people with executing strengths because I only have one in my top five, and most of them are towards the bottom of my thirty four. So I need to partner up with people who with executing strengths. And the last one is influencing strengths, people who are really good at getting other people to take action. So we know that about people. We know their strengths. We know you know the kind of themes that their strengths are in. So we know so much about that. So it's, you know if we want to build a team of what we called unique abilities, We know even if that person's not that clear on their ultimate unique ability yet, we know where their strengths and talents lie, and we can take full advantage of that, especially because we like to work with engaged people. So people are mostly like, oh, great, I get to use my strengths to help you. Let's have at it, (laughs) which is a great mindset to be a part of, just saying. I really, really enjoy working with people like that. So when Nicole and I kind of became a little bit more intentional, because, again, it happens almost by accident, Coach, which is super cool, because our very first core value is positive and collaborative teamwork. So there are no obstacles. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. There are no obstacles to collaborative teamwork, or not very many that I can think of within strategy Coach. So this really leveraged us. So there were a couple of projects that we were not making a lot of progress on. They were delayed, didn't know what to do. And then we brought in you know, and I have some pretty consistent people that are the third part of our triad. Kathy Davis is one most brilliant program designer of life and so we'll bring her in. We'll bring Eleonora who we work with a lot on speaking events and business opportunities. You know, other team members who are really great. We've got person in tech who's just amazing, actually several. So we can partner up with them. And the two of us initiate a lot of things, but we need that third person often for their area of expertise. They bring in something we don't. They know how. They have certain knowledge. If you think about our concept of who, not how. We get very savvy about who our who's are (laughs) and what they know how to do. And that's very fulfilling. So I feel like we have a massive advantage. But the result is, and even if you don't have access to all those tools, which is nice, but they're not absolutely necessary, you know people who love to do the stuff that you don't. You can probably tap into it. If you are alert, curious, responsive, and most importantly, resourceful, you can find these folks. They are out there. Maybe they're internal to your company. Maybe you have a friend. Maybe they're someone's kid. You know, you know someone or you know someone who knows someone. So take full advantage of that. When you start to break out of that dyad relationship and go into the triad, it is amazing the speed (laughs) that you get. You stop staying stuck. By the way, staying stuck with something is not fun. You start feeling like it's your fault, that you should be better, that you should figure out the how that you don't know know how to do. And it's just diminishing for everyone involved. So when you bring in the third the right person, by the way. It's kind of incredible just how fast. And the interesting thing for me is you don't need 10. You often need one. And guess what? They also have their other people that they partner with. I may I just say that they triad with—that <laughs> might be a better description. But it's just kind of incredible. So I want to really suggest that you might want to just test this out for a quarter and see how it works. See if there's, you know, a project that you're working on with one other person. Is there a third person, or identify where you're already doing this and how it's working. Now again, if you don't have exactly the right fit person, you might be like, hmm, Shannon, not so sure about this idea. But I know you've had experiences in your past. Where you have had the right third person and it just worked, and I'm all about that. I'm all about team success and how can we do things faster, easier, cheaper with a better result. So, and and time is a huge savings when we can save time and we can tap into someone that's like, oh, just do this. You know, out of one call with a client yesterday, I reached out to four different team members, and they were, you know, basically with me, the client, and this other third. And I just did a bunch of them in about 20 minutes, which was really satisfying. Each person took care of their part so quickly. It was awesome. And then I was able to report back to the client. So you can actually include clients in this. You can include strategic partners. You can include your vendors. There are lots of different people that you can include. But they, when you start thinking this way, it's really, I don't know, it's just different. And you'll you'll start winning. So what happens in stage four companies is that this is actually the norm. And people intentionally reach out and they collaborate with other people. So if you are interested in doing this, I want to suggest that, A, you just kind of have the mindset of instead of trying to control all the separate relationships on your team or with whom you work, that you actually start linking people up and you start letting people know that, oh, you know, B, your relationship with C is really important to me. Anything I can do to help that be successful, please let me know. Or if you hit a roadblock, you know, if you hit an obstacle, I'm on deck for both of you. And that not polarizing sends a very powerful message out to the team. People will stop doing end runs if that's an issue for you. The other thing you want to do is eliminate barriers. I'm not a huge fan of status in companies. I think status is a much better byproduct than a goal. When you're really, really, really good at something, you get a great reputation, but it's because you're good at something, not because you were striving to be, you know, the one with the title or the office. I'd much rather have that, as I said, be a byproduct instead of a goal. So when you eliminate barriers to people collaborating, and so this means not being too fussed about what level someone's at. You know, if you work in a manufacturing facility, grabbing someone from the shop floor to help one of your foremans deal with an issue with a customer, brilliant idea. You've crossed all sorts of barriers that in some other companies would not be cool. That would not be an appropriate way to work. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. So if you can have people, you know, first of all, find out people's strengths and talents and really validate those and ask them to share where they've seen those come into play, that would be a really good thing to do. A second thing that you can do is to really celebrate when people do collaborate. When there's a project that different people from different levels of the company came together on to create a great result, celebrate that, share that, you know, share it to your company email, your intranet, put a little video together if you want. That celebrates the fact that you're into collaborative teamwork as opposed to this kind of control old way of doing things. So eliminating the barriers, and you're going to know what the barriers are much better than I will, but those are a couple of the ones that I've seen. So the more you can celebrate where people do it and break down any kind of status barriers or like when you demonstrate, when you go pull someone in from a very different level in the company, above or below, it doesn't matter, that demonstrates exactly what you're talking about. So it encourages people to really focus in on contributing their strengths and talents rather from their level in the organization. You also, as a great byproduct of that, don't have people saying, oh, that's not my job, which is one of my least favorite things to hear in business, because having the company win is everyone's job. And if they can contribute in this oddball project, why not? You know, that's how some of my biggest opportunities and next growth phases and career has turned out is because I've done those things. So when you can, again, have this kind of strengths-based focus for people and you put them into play in triads, you will find yourself at stage four. And I haven't even told you the best reason for being at stage four because these companies are way more profitable and way more productive than stage three companies which is my experience of unique ability teamwork. When you have people doing what they're best at in collaboration with one another, they run circles around traditional businesses. So if you want to be in that 24% of organizations that, you know, beat out the 48%, I want to strongly recommend that you try out Triads, learn more. By all means, read Tribal Leadership, fabulous book. Listen to my author interview with Dave Logan, and most importantly, just try it today. You know, if you're working with someone, you get stuck, call in a third person and just see if it doesn't, in fact, accelerate your teamwork and your results. And then please let me know. I'd love to hear the stories. All right. Any other questions you have, please let me know at questions@strategiccoach.com. I hope you had fun employing the idea of triads. As always, here's to your team success.